Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Vanessa, 42, is in for her health maintenance visit today. She has no complaints, but she's very curious about the O-pill. This is a new over-the-counter form of oral contraceptive. She has two teenage daughters and wants to know about these medications in the event that her daughters choose to try it out. How can we help her? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me this morning is Dr. Susan Feeney, Associate Professor and Associate Dean of Advanced Practice Programs at the Tang Ching Fen Graduate School of Nursing at the UMass Chan Medical School. Hi, Susan. Hey, Frank. Tell me a little bit. I mean, I think it's on everyone's minds these days. The FDA-approved over-the-counter oral contraception. First time here, even though it's been common in other countries. How does this differ? Well, this is the first... In this country, as you said, the first time we've had an approved over-the-counter oral contraceptive without a prescription. So this is kind of a big deal in this country because um, up until this point, and just to be clear, this is not available quite yet, um, you had to have a prescription. You had to see a provider. So this is increased access to oral contraception. Um, So that's what makes it different. It's also a progesterone-only pill, so it's, it's not a combined contraceptive pill. So of the oral contraceptions, it's, it's not usually the first line, but this was a request by a pharmaceutical company last year to get this approved. Okay, so it's a progesterone-only pill, and um, we know that that comes with some pros and cons and some special requirements. Um, Why do you think it was chosen as the first over-the-counter oral contraceptive? Well, first of all, the um, pharmaceutical company, HRA, uh, applied for for a um, over-the-counter approval by FDA. And I think why is when you look at all the data and their decisional uh, document that they put out, the FDA, is this is based on the fact that emergency contraception, which is a progestin-only pill, was was approved um, in the... I want to say like 2008, and then it was also approved for adolescents um, so that they could have access to emergency contraception, over-the-counter, um, and increase accessibility for, for that to try to um, reduce unintended pregnancy. So I think the reason this was approved is there was a lot of data on efficacy and safety that this is something that somebody could get over the counter, they could read the instructions, they could understand the labeling, and could effectively uh, prevent an unplanned pregnancy. Um, So I think that's why it was was approved. And as you know, there's been a lot of chatter for a while about getting um, oral contraceptives approved for over the counter. But because of its um, safety compared to an estrogen-containing uh, pill. I think that's why this was the first line. Okay, so it sounds like what you're saying is that we've had a fair amount of data with with over-the-counter um, 
unplanned pregnancy uh, interventions and have not seen adverse effects. So it sounds like there, there was enough data for the FDA to think, yep, I mean, if that's over the counter, this could be too. D- does that sound about right? That sounds right. And they, they also have a very um, strict approval process for determining whether something can be over the counter. And it really is, can people read this labeling and understand it? And what they found was that this was very... Um, understandable across the board that folks who would be wanting to use this had a high um, literacy, if you will, with this particular labeling. So that's why it got approved for over-the-counter. Um, and that the, the they, people who were being um, studied said, you know, I understand the risks. I know how to take this. I can do this safely without uh, intervention from a, from a healthcare provider. All right. So um, it's over-the-counter. That's great. Makes access great. What are the, some of the concerns and risks we have to think of? Well, some of the concerns, well, first of all, they don't think this is going to be, because they're still working on labeling. They're still working on a lot of, you know, who's the, um, how it will be packaged and distributed. We also don't know how much it's going to cost. It could be quite pricey. Um, but they think sometime in mid-2024 is when it will be available. So in the past, you know, when we used progestin-only pills, it were people who didn't either didn't want to be on estrogen or were intolerant to the side effects of estrogen, but really for folks who had a history of clots, uh, folks who were breastfeeding, you know, we had very specific reasons that we used the progestin-only pill because of the side effects um, and because it has a very strict um, dosing kind of uh, plan that, um, you know, that there is... Uh, pretty significant, can be pretty significant irregular bleeding. Um, it can be heavy at times. That's that's a real d- downer for people to have to deal with that. Uh, and it can be, um, you know, it can go on for a while. Um, there's, it has to be dosed the same day, same time every day um, to keep that level up to make it efficacious. So that can be a difficult problem. So you can have, you um, if somebody misses a dose or takes it like, you know, 12 hours late, um, they could uh, be at risk for, for pregnancy. So um, those are some things that are real concerns. Um, and then there can be mood changes with, with progestin and um, also some drug-to-drug interactions, especially with anti-seizure um, meds. So there are some concerns. But the biggest thing, I believe, for me and my history of, of prescribing this is the bleeding, some of the mood changes, and the, the fact that it has to be dosed on a regular basis very consistently to get that really good efficacy of, of uh, protecting against pregnancy. Yeah, I'm not sure how often, if women are inconsistent with their dosing, they ovulate and they they eventually get pregnant. But I do think it's a real concern. And I suppose if you're a woman taking this and it's not very clear to you that you need to take it the same time every day, we might start seeing some failures. Um, Right. Of course, it makes me think of, you know, if if this is a 16-year-old or a 15-year-old whose schedules are very erratic, um, you know, this, this is a real concern is if they miss a dose or they, well, I took it today. Yeah. Well, it was 18 hours difference in your dosing. Um, you know, that's a problem even with combined oral contraceptives, but not to the level of this. So that's where I think, um, yes, they can read a label, but I think it's 
incumbent on, on us as providers to be able to give that information. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed on this because I'm delighted that we have increased access, that especially, they've actually mentioned this in the FDA briefing, was, you know, now more than ever, we need to protect women. Women need to protect themselves from unintended pregnancies for all of the um, challenges to reproductive health uh, for women. Um, so on that hand, it's it's really a wonderful um, increased access. But certainly, it is it is um, it's going to be something that it is incumbent upon the pharmacist and um, on the uh, provider to do some, some uh, proactive counseling. I, I agree completely. Um, any quick final thoughts on how we can encourage Vanessa to talk to her daughters? Well, I think what I would say is um, good for you for thinking about this. Um, you, I think you need to sit down and talk to them about ways to protect themselves um, from unintended pregnancy and STIs. Obviously, this will not protect them from STIs that they have to use condoms. And then say, you know, that this would be available if they wanted it. However, you know, they there are some side effects to make sure they talk to a provider ahead of time. But there's also, there are other options. If Vanessa has insurance and she has a good relationship with her kids, I mean, there's long acting, um, you know, reversible contraceptions like IUDs or implantable, um, you know, progestin, types of medication that are going to be more flexible as far as time you know, concerns. So I would really encourage her to, um, you know, like I said, thank her for bringing it forward, thank her for being proactive, and to have a real honest discussion with the kids. And if they choose to do this, say, you know, it's safe, but you have to make sure you take it every day, you can have some bleeding, you know, to be very honest with them. And, um, you know, they, there's all kinds of written materials and literature that they can get as well. Okay. Well, thanks, Susan. I think this is really interesting, and we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, first of all, how it's marketed, uh, what it costs. Will they have it behind the counter that you have to go through the pharmacist to get it? it? It'll be very interesting to see how this runs out. And if this is the first in in getting, um, you know, the combined oral contraceptives over the counter as well. Practice pointer. The FDA has approved a progesterone-only over-the-counter contraceptive which hopefully increases access for all and reduces unplanned pregnancies. However, be aware of the potential side effects to provide counseling and guidance to those who are considering using this medication. Join us next time when we look at a recent study that evaluates screen time and outcomes with regards to children. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.